Hey, Jeff here. We'll get to Heather and Dan in a moment. Wanted to give you a heads up that after this fresh episode, Heather's going to take a little bit of time off. While she's away, we're going to play some best of episodes. Uh, We hope you enjoy those. And then Heather will be back with fresh content for you after a bit. Here's Heather. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Everybody, welcome to another um, episode. I almost said issue of that early childhood nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi. Um, still shaking a little bit every time Zoom tells me that we're recording. It suddenly just started doing that like a week ago, and it scares me every time. Um, so Dan Hodgins is here. There he is. You heard him laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh so thanks dan for being on and for everybody listening this is a a different kind of thing we're doing um i i'm working with an editor um nothing decided yet but i'm working with an editor who wants me to work on a book try a book and um so i have asked several of the co-hosts to help me by um sort of recreating the Mike Asks Heather episodes that we do sometimes. So I've asked some of them to um, listen to a specific episode and um, and then come on and interview me. And the intention is to get me talking and sort of help me flesh out some ideas. So we're all just gonna be part of this experiment. Um, and um, I don't know, it feels weirdly egocentric, but Dan and I, we've talked about egocentrism many yes. times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, I don't know why I present that, pretend that I'm not egocentric. <laughs> yeah. um, so again, thank you, Dan. And Dan, you listened to an episode that Emma and I did called um, Sticker Charts versus Human Complexity. Yes. And, yes. Um, and I just asked, asked folks um, who are playing this game with me to listen to episodes and come up with questions or things you'd like to hear me talk more about or explain better. And um, so I guess we can just go. So we won't have a quote for these episodes. We'll just jump in. That's fun. Yes. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I listened to you and Emma about the sticker one, I thought, wow, there's, there's so much that could be done uh, with this topic. Because you and I have talked about this before. But what I th- want to know first, Heather, which is part of my questioning myself Uh why do people want quick fixes for behavior because both you and I know when we do a presentation that is one of the most common questions are related to guidance discipline behavior issues why do you think that people 
want quick fixes knowing that they're short-lived? Um, well, so so first I, I would say, I don't know that everyone always knows they're short-lived. Like I, I think um, sometimes fr- from what I've heard people say, um, they think it's, it's not a problem with the system. It's a problem. This child is just so persistently non-compliant. They think that the sticker chart works because everybody else, it works for all these other kids, but the one who doesn't, it doesn't work for, they don't say, oh, this is happening again. He's, he's, he's running in the classroom again. Um, there must be an issue with the sticker chart. It must be that sticker charts lead to really short-lived results. Yes. I think I think their minds go to, oh, that kid is just. I just need to 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 try harder with the sticker chart. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is just especially difficult because the sticker chart's not working. Um, so so I guess my first part of that would be I don't I don't know that everyone thinks of it in terms of. I identify that these results are short. And that's probably the reason why it's commonly used, yeah. maybe, is because they view it, they don't view it as short-lived. Yeah. In terms of these. And so what they do is they add more stickers, yeah. thinking that that was all. Right. Or the, up, you know, it's some different price. Yes. Let's, right. let's make it something that you want more so that I, honestly, I, I don't know that they think specifically, um, well, this, this loss isn't devastating enough to, to change their behavior. I've got to find something that really would be upsetting for them to lose. Yes. <laughs> but um, but I, I think that's sort of subconsciously where a lot of it is operating. Um, but in terms of why is it, why is it, so I guess, why is everyone searching for this answer? Um, that's, that's something that I'm hoping to be able to, I don't know. I, I actually asked it on the Facebook page, the nerd Facebook page mm-hmm. one day and got lots of different that. answers. Yes. Um, and um, I, I just think the mentality is misbehavior, quote unquote, um, is seen as an interruption of the real learning. Um, And so we feel like we just need to stop it rather than, um, so it's it's seen as a problem to be solved so that we can get to what's important. Um, And every child who is developing and not fully grown yet has these behaviors that are seen as misbehavior because it's part of growing. Um, So it's, it's prevalent. And, and so everybody in those, in those spaces feels like I got to get this under control so we can get to the good stuff instead of either understanding or accepting or um, being open to learn that those are just other ways children, you know, have things to learn or need to grow a little bit more to be able to, to be successful at, or I'm, you know, I just need to change my view of the whole classroom, which is a big ask. It's a bigger ask to say, no, change the way you're thinking about this completely than to say, um, here's a a video you can buy from me that if you watch, it will tell your staff everything you need to know. 
and you won't have these behavior problems anymore. Uh, <laughs> or here's a, here's a, a new way you can do a sticker chart. Um, I, I just think we're not quite globally professionally ready to, to let go of that way of thinking. I'm wondering sometimes whether or not people think that using behavior chart stickers uh, would prove that I'm a better teacher because I was able to solve, quote, this issue, even though it might even be short-lived. Because yeah. I think people are always trying to, to prove that they are good at something. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's what drives a lot of decisions that that we we've all made. I definitely have have thought in those terms in my career as a classroom teacher. Yes. Um, but I think that drives a lot of decisions. What do other people think of me? Does this feel like I'm being a teacher? Yes. Does my classroom look like I've put effort into being a teacher and you can be just as crafty and decorative with a sticker chart as you can with a bulletin board (laughs) (laughs) or your classroom door. Um, So for people that um, that's sort of their personality, that, that feels teachery. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there are teachers pay teachers accounts where you can buy ideas for sticker charts. (laughs) Yes. True. True. Is there a point at which stickers and relationships, because that's what you and Emma talked about. Uh-huh. Are they always in contrast? Hmm. Um, I think in terms of, of, of a discussion about helping kids with their behavior. Um, yeah, I think they probably are. Um, I think in terms of just being you know, having a good time with kids and you've got a kid who likes stickers and you're just playing around and you've got some stickers um, or there are stickers in the art, you know, on your art shelf or your materials shelf. Um, I'm I'm certain, I certainly wouldn't say you can never give a child a treat. You could never give a child a sticker. Um, But I, I don't see um, any depth um, that can be added or built using a sticker chart. It's all about power and it's all about um, either making an important person happy or unhappy Yes, um, for a child. And, um, and I, I, I don't think that there can be relationships formed and strengthened when you have that kind of power imbalance yes. <laughs> and that kind of yes. pressure on the least powerful. Yes. Yes. I remember feeling guilty now when I was on a long drive with my daughter and I asked her if she could please be quiet just for a little while. And she, of course, couldn't. So I then said, I'll give you a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Because a dollar at that time was a lot of money. She said, I'll take a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) So she didn't have to wait so long. So yeah, I remember, you know, that, that, evolution uh-huh. I'm wondering going with that I'm wondering why the behave behaviors approach which really started in the 50s mm-hmm. is still very popular <laughs> to a lot of people and so I'm wondering what's so attractive 
about the behaviors approach. Yeah. Do you have any idea about that? I I just literally yesterday was like, I need to find some some stuff to read about behaviorism <laughs> because I need to think more about this. Um, I think it it seems it seems easy. I mean, that's what everyone mm. is looking for. That's why um, uh, every workshop or every conference you go to has so many workshops about behavior and every issue of every magazine, every, you know, blog post, it's just, that's what people are wanting. Um, and behaviorism, I think can seem easy and on the surface makes sense. Like, well, of course, if, if we want this behavior, then we should reward it when we see it and take away from when we don't. And it seems logical. Um, it's, it, it feels right. Plus, we have, we have decades of um, this idea that um, you can't just let kids get away with stuff when, when they do wrong by whatever standard, we can't just let them get away with it. So there must be um, some sort of punishment. And so um, if it makes sense, if it, if it's a given that there must be punishment for bad, then there must be you know, something good for doing right. It just fits our cultural uh, yes. mindset and, and experience, I think. And also it, it seems like it should work. It feels like it makes sense, but, um, but if it did, we wouldn't have to keep doing it yeah. so much. <laughs> like right. Right. Um, whenever, whenever someone says to me, but, but rewards work, I say work, to do what? What do you mean? Does that mean you've never seen that behavior again in your classroom? And the answer is never. Yeah, it's completely gone. It's just smooth now. <laughs> we can finally just focus on the important things all day. <laughs> so, so I think what they mean is it works for the ones who would probably be doing that anyway. And it doesn't always work for the ones um, who needed more or need something I different. You know, people say, well, I've given up the stickers, but I, I still see from those people, I still see flyers that say 101 ways to say good job. Have you seen? Yes. And Very from, decorative. Exactly. <laughs> and so they list things yeah. that you get, but they're still very um, external adult yeah. controlled yeah. statements yeah. Um, yeah. that so people sometimes think, all right, if I get rid of the stickers, yeah, what am I going to replace? You know, they always need yeah. a replacement. So they come up with 101 ways yeah. uh, to say good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, and that feels nice. It feels good. It feels, it's, yeah, feels like that, of course, would be a good thing. But as Alfie Cohn says, rewards are just the flip side of a punishment and neither... In, for all intents and purposes, neither are different. They're not different from each other. They're both yeah. an external way of trying to control another person's behavior. Um, and I think that's both ineffective and dangerous. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Yeah. How do stickers, because you and Emma did a really good job of talking about, how do stickers imply whether or not a child is good or bad <laughs> <laughs> to to the child or to yes, the to the child yeah yeah um 
Well, for a child who cares, because there will be some who don't care about the sticker chart. And just like, whether they just, you know, they're, they're okay enough that it doesn't matter to them or it always is, you know, they always get their sticker, so it doesn't matter. Or they've just given up trying. Like, I, I don't know what more I can do for this person. I never get the stickers, so why bother? All right. sort of subconsciously. Um, but I mean, I think that's very much the explicit message. If you get stickers, you're good. If you, if you don't, there's something wrong with you. And it doesn't matter how lovingly I present that to you. Um, the, the message is always you have failed. Um, uh, you're not as good as the other people on this chart. Um, kids internalize that and start to, to stigmatize. The, they know which kids don't get the stickers. Correct. Um, because it's very rarely just a silent chart, right? It's also, um, do I need to do I need to take that sticker off your chart or do you want a sticker today? Cause yesterday you didn't get this sticker. And so the whole group's hearing that and it's not sure. a silent um, tool sitting on the, hanging on the wall. It's a, it's a, I guess, full classroom experience <laughs> coercion. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so everyone's aware of who's good and who's bad. Um, even if we don't use the words good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in elementary school, they would have pizza parties for those children that received A's and B's, but did not invite children who received C's and D's yeah. to have a pizza party. So I keep thinking, what message is that giving? You know, because yeah. I'm wondering kids who get A's and B's are going to get A's and B's in my belief, whether they have a pizza party or not. Right. They're good at figuring out how to get an A and B. Yeah. It doesn't mean they have more knowledge. They just figure out how to get an A and B. Right. Where uh, if you're a D student and get a C, nobody celebrates that in any way. And that could have been the hardest working student. Exactly. That you yeah. Found. Yeah. Yeah. I, so there's two things in that. That, that drive me crazy. One is there's so many reasons that a child might get a C or a D instead of an A or a B and not letting them have pizza does nothing to address those reasons. And in fact, says, sends a, an ex implicit message, I guess, that um, I'm not willing, the adult's not willing to help you along um, because they've already been excluded from you know the good thing at the end of it all. Um, which very much like behavior, if we aren't looking for reasons or, or trying to decide whether that's something that's really wrong, or, you know, if it's really misbehavior. Um, uh, but also food as a reward instead of stickers is also really right. problematic for me or troublesome. For yes, me. yes. Um, sends all kinds of crazy messages about food and um, who deserves it and who doesn't. And right. um, uh using it to make yourself feel better or worse and um corporate influences <laughs> with pizza of course, that of kind of yes to children already yeah. um so there's there's a whole other i think uh path to go down there just about food specifically but um in that case that's you know it's very similar to when my kids were in middle school and if you had perfect attendance you got to go to a movie or something and right um i was a parent 
who, if my kids needed a mental health day, we took a mental health day. And if they were sick, they, you know, they, they were sick. There's nothing we could do about it. And so we never had anything close to perfect attendance. <laughs> so, uh, so I think one time I took them out of school and we went to a movie by ourselves. <laughs> yes, I remember just, doing that. <laughs> just pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> You and Emma talked about negotiation with children. I found that to be really fascinating in your discussion as it related to stickers and that. And I believe you would indicate, I actually wrote it down, saying that is is it so wrong to negotiate uh, with children? I I found that to be, can you explain that a little bit more? I think that's an interesting topic. I hope so. Um, But I I think where, where I where I fall with that is sticker charts are also very black and white. Either you did it or you didn't. And I think there is a, a real value to kids saying, um, no, I don't want to do that right now. Or um, what if I did dot, dot, dot instead, Um, or um, just letting them have a voice, I think is what it comes to sticker charts, anything that we're doing solely, to get a child to comply with us or with our rule or with our whatever um, just takes their voice away completely. And um, there's a, there's a real tendency to just be very, no means no. And I'm the adult and you're the child. So you do, which is also very dangerous (laughs) for some children to to be in those kinds of environments where you never challenge the adult. Um, but those negotiating skills, that ability to speak up for themselves, which is often seen as talking back or being sassy or being disrespectful, um, that's one, they have a right. They should have a right to have a voice in what happens to them because they're human. Um, They're in a situation that's probably not voluntary, come into childcare or whatever every day. Um, uh, They're in a system that sort of is not always intentionally, but set up to be very dehumanizing if we're not intentional um, the other way. So, so taking away their voice in a way that is either um, you obeyed or you didn't, um, don't talk back to me, don't tell me what you want, um, don't tell me how you feel about this, um, because that's also misbehavior in your mind, is just so, um, I think it's heartless, but, um, it's, it's sometimes subconscious. Like, I don't think the teachers are saying, well, today I'm going to take away a kid's voice and it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to really <laughs> establish my dominance right. today. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's these cultural practices like sticker charts that we don't always give a second thought to, but I, yeah, I think, you know, like when my kids were in elementary school and they didn't have fever and they weren't throwing up, but they told me they didn't want to go to school. I just, you know, if, if it wasn't a huge deal, they could negotiate that. Yes. Um, uh, we used to, well, I, similar to your dollar, I used to t- tell Curtis, I'd give him a dollar to take the trash bags out to the dumpster. And um, then I ran out of dollars because they weren't <laughs> plentiful. So then I started saying things like, um, well, this one's just for the good of the family. <laughs> and so he, he started, you know, he's five or six years old. He'd get to the point where he'd say, okay, is this bag for the good of the family or could this be a dollar bag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's 
it's helpful for relationship building to, to allow children to negotiate their needs a little bit or negotiate your system or your process or your schedule a little bit. Um, and if, if you really just can't, then don't. But when you can, especially in behavior situations, if you can hear what they're trying to say to you, um, if they're trying to tell you why they did something, why they didn't do something, I think um, so much more effective to let them be part of that than to just right. Right. You know, peel the sticker off the chart that maybe <laughs> not only do you not get this sticker, I'm taking that one away. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I, I, you know, I think everybody's interested in helping children develop problem solving skills. We say we are. And yeah. I, yeah. And I think <laughs> negotiation is a way that helps people, children develop uh, that component. Right. Uh, it gives some choices that were not designed by the adult. And we know that choices is, is a way to change behavior in right. some cases. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, I think it's really hard for us to come up with choices that are authentic to children, even if we yes. want to. So yeah. you're right, letting them offer the choice is really a good way to do that. And I often say I haven't thought about that, uh-huh. which oh. is part of the adult recognizing to the child that they're human yeah. in terms of that. Right. And that it's not always adult versus child. It's it's looking at, let's look at this uh, topic, idea, et cetera, yeah. and see what we can come up with. In yeah. terms, I think that gives a clear message to children. Yeah. I think You're I've told important. this story before, but I have a little, I had a little guy, Gus, who was just one of my favorite four and five-year-olds ever um, in my preschool, but he, um, the system wasn't for him. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he was, he was very okay saying that. And, and there was a day when we both were just, you know, we've had it. <laughs> and, um, yes. and he, he said, I just don't want to be at this school today. And I said, you know what? Neither do I, but we don't have a choice on this. Yes. <laughs> We're both yes. here. We both yes. have to stay. What else can, you know, what else could we do? Or what, what would make it um, easier for you to be at the school yeah. today and, yeah. and let him negotiate? And that's sort of an extreme example, but, <laughs> um, but he was a master negotiator and that's what it was all about. It's just, yeah. just needed yeah. his voice heard. Yeah, it's a topic that I think that people really need to consider uh, because negotiating for some people means I give up mm. uh, and I don't necessarily see negotiation as giving up, um, right. but looking at sharing. Um, yeah. Just listening. Exactly. Just hearing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that that's important to sort of flesh out what we really mean when we're talking about negotiating so that it doesn't sound like, oh, we're just letting them get away with it. Because yeah. if you're someone who feels strongly that kids can't just get away with things, that's going to be really hard for you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a hard question. Oh, Whew. okay. If we're not, you know, because people always want the substitute. If we're going to take <laughs> something away, yeah. then what are we going to replace it? with so yeah. we're gonna take away stickers and behavior charts and things of that sort uh -huh. what uh what in your opinion are we going to need to re replace it with total <laughs> attitude change right <laughs> <laughs> yes that's that's the hard question it really is um 
here's something that came to mind that sort of was flip, but now I'm maybe it's serious and I, and I, so I want to talk it through. I want to suggest it, but what if adults had a behavior chart for themselves and every time um, they paused and said, what is this child telling me, or is this really misbehavior? They gave themselves a sticker just for that pause. <laughs> Even if like, I, I think that the next step really is the pause. It's okay. So it's not, um, you know, the sticker chart has been what we do. No questions, no thoughts, just, um, well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So you don't get this sticker or everybody got their coats on in five minutes. So we all get a sticker. That's, <laughs> that's been such a go-to, um, that I think the easiest, the most accessible next step is just, um, to start asking yourself one or two questions instead. So substituting that for your own, in your own behavior, rather than thinking about stickers or no stickers, give yourself two or three questions that you want to ask whenever you're, when that would be, you know, so like, um, why, you know, what was my request reasonable? Could be a good question. Um, Um, what is he trying to tell me? What does she need to do better? Start with like those, those three kinds of things and just spend a couple weeks doing that and not worrying about compliance or classroom order or your schedule and starting there. Um, and, but then you've got to look at, um, I mean, the next step after that is the hard one where you have to sort of relearn um, you know, it's not just about obedience or not, uh, not obeying. It's about development. And um, is my expectation here appropriate? Can the kids really meet this, this standard or this thing that I've got hanging in the air above their head? Um, uh, is the environment contributing somehow? Um can I really stop? Could I, can I just stop what I had planned and focus on this and still call that teaching, still call that um, a good morning in my classroom? Um, so that's the, I think that's the hard part. So I would say, if you're going to stop the sticker chart, substitute some questions where you would normally be talking about sticker chart mm-hmm. and then think, okay, so what do I need to learn myself to do this better? What, what more information do I need? I can't, can't do that in, you know, a half hour. <laughs> podcast that's why there's going to be a whole book right (laughs) i hope i hope yeah you know and i i think sometimes stickers uh make judgment about about you know how a a child or an adult uh feels about themselves so part of it is looking like you indicated evaluating um what message am i sending yeah and is that the message i really want to send yeah uh, would be that was the hardest for me mm-hmm. uh, i'm, I'm going to be real honest it, it, it was a real difficult change for me to stop saying good job yeah i never really gave out stickers and that kind of thing yeah, i didn't either. i personally did not like them yeah but i said good job a lot uh-huh. Um, and when I first heard Elfie Cohen, I thought, what? He wants me to get rid of good job. Right? 
it was like a two-page article in Young Children, I remember, 25 years ago or something. <laughs> that was like the first Alfie Cohn I had ever read. And he's telling me to stop saying good job, which is a staple. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it yeah. was easy. I felt good when I said it. And yes. That was the purpose of it. And yeah. when I discovered when he said that, it wasn't anything about the child. It was how I felt Yeah. yeah. when I said good job and I think sometimes that happens with stickers mm-hmm. is people feel better when they give something of themselves um, and so it, it became challenging and I think that's part of what people need to look at is right. am I making a judgment and is that the judgment I really want to I mean Julie would yeah. yell look at I made a I painted a picture I painted a picture and I'd go up and say what a beautiful <laughs> picture she didn't ask for an evaluation <laughs> she wanted me to see yeah. that she had painted something and or just to share excitement exactly about that yeah 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 and I think I mean I honestly I think I do think that that saying good job and having the sticker chart are the same yes and, like I agree they're not that much different um, good job. I, I do think is harder to let go of. And, um, because it's harder to see, well, what could the possible harm be right. of saying good job? Um, we're stickers. We could say, you know, well, kids, there's that visual reminder right there all the time that, um, some kids are succeeding and some kids aren't, um, and we see the patterns and, um, but, but when, especially young children who are learning language and, um, they're doing that from being in language and experiencing yes. how language is used. Um, it can have a bigger impact than is immediately sort of apparent to us because we use language differently and yes. differently yeah. than they do. Yeah. Last question. Oh, I thought the hard one was the last one. Okay. I'm, oh, no. I'm not satisfied with my answer to the hard question you just asked, but it gives yeah. me a good thing to think about. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, which is leading to the last question. Okay. Yeah. People always want to know where to start, where to begin, where to, how do you make a change? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think this issue, sticker issue is more than just stickers. It's, yeah. It's about, as you indicated and Emma indicated, relationship building, how that happens. So if they're not going to use stickers, where would they begin to change? Uh, What would they have to, how would they start uh, that process? Um, Well, I would say um, one thing you can do there. I mean, there's a course that is like everything. It's dependent on the individual who's wanting to make the change, but, but a good starting place is, Um, because one, I don't think that a teacher, individual teacher, and I, this is probably going to upset somebody, but I don't think that a teacher becomes really dependent on a sticker chart without a quote unquote problem child. Mm. Like you, Mm -hmm. you don't really hang on to your sticker chart if everybody's doing pretty much okay all the time. (laughs) You really cling to it. If there's a problem child and you're feeling sort of desperate and, and you don't know what to do with that child. Um, uh, so I would say a good first step is to, um, who comes to mind when you think of the challenging child, write that kid's na- name down and list as many positive things as you can, or list things that you really like about that child. And if that's hard work for you, then you need to spend time 
with that child with no expectations on your part of good or bad or complying or not complying. You need to figure out a way to just hang out with that kid on the playground when everything's going well. Um, Or, and, you know, and that will also help you with the next step, which is to think about which parts of the day is that kid not quote unquote, again, a problem. What's happening during those parts of the day? Is there something that you could bring into the other parts of the day or adjust about the other parts of the day when he is challenging or she is challenging for you um, to make it easier for all of you. So I I think that would be my two next step recommendations for folks wanting to move away or just, even if you just want to prove me wrong, try those two steps and tell me how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I still feel like the sticker chart's the best way I don't know. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can find lots of other ways to be creative in your classroom without yeah. like, a decorative sticker yeah. chart. You know, I had to begin to think, do I only want compliant children? Mm, yeah. <clears throat> and I and think that's a part to start with. Is that yeah. do is I that, only want the easy one to that child? Yeah. Versus a child who, quote, is not compliant. Yeah. Uh, and are they different? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Or the, you know, easy ones. Yes. I used to do interviews when I was a director and I'd say, you know, tell me why you want to work here. And they'd say, well, I just really love kids. And right. I would say, well, what about kids who hit? <laughs> they would be really, right. Right. really have a problem answering that. Um, so. So you're right. Yeah, they want compliance. And sometimes compliance is a hard word for adults to accept about themselves that that's, they're really thinking about compliance or non-compliance. So thinking in terms of easy and difficult can be another way of thinking about that. But yeah, you're right. We, we just all feel like our lives would be easier if everyone just did what they were supposed to do. And, And, and when there's a bump in the road, it's easy to blame that on um, the kid with 36 months of experience instead of the adult who's 51 (laughs) for whatever reason that's easier for us to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I tend to go to children who are less compliant. Doesn't mean I don't. They always end up being my client. Yeah. They're the ones that think, Oh my God, thank God. I finally got one who doesn't pay attention. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Statue of Liberty. Um, I can't remember the poem on the Statue of Liberty, but we need one about children too. The bring me right. non compliant to a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> There's yeah. an idea in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, well, now that I pretty much covers it for me. I mean, thank you. Did, you. Yeah. This was really fun. Um, and I honestly, I'm going to say it on air because I want everyone to give you this credit. Thank you for spending, you know, an hour of your time listening oh. to that podcast and then another hour <laughs> to me. Um, I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, I always want to talk to you. <laughs> I do. Yes. I always say, oh, I, I need to talk to Heather about this. After I read something, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'm slowly taking over everybody's subconscious. My keeper the other day was like, I was reading something and I thought Heather would highlight this. If she <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yay, this is fun. All right, well, let's wrap this one up. 
Um, and, and thanks again, Dan. Thanks everybody for listening and come back again for another episode. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.